you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Well, hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning by. Uh, do you know that I consider you the greatest audience ever known to man on the face of the earth? Like, ever. Like, the best audience ever. And uh, if I can't ask kiss you anymore, I'll ask that you go to YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and LinkedIn, the big LinkedIn newsletter, the 130,000 group over there. You can check that out as well. As always, we appreciate you. At night, I think a dream of you as an audience, just as a whole, not individually, because that would be kind of be kind of be creepy. Just as a whole, I just go, what a wonderful group of people my audience is. And thank you very much. I mean that. I might cry a little. <laughs> Let me see. Can I fake a tear? Anyway, guys, we certainly appreciate you as well. Uh, amazing author that we have on the show. He's got an amazing story because we Google amazing authors in uh, the Google machine. We just put them in there to uh, 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 copy that from someone I like on MSNBC. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we just put them in the Google machine, and out they spit, and they show up every day. And today we have another fine person uh, who in particular is a gentleman today. We have uh, ladies as well on other days. Uh, but uh, we have a gentleman on the show to talk about his experience. His latest book that came out January 12th, 2023, uh, A Soldier Against All Odds, a memoir by Lieutenant Colonel Jason G. Pike. Uh, and of course, Jason G. Pike is the author of that book. At least that's what he's telling me so far. I'm going to believe him because he seems like an honorable man. Uh, Jason is a decorated combat veteran with uh, multiple appointments. He uh, served for 31 years in the U.S. military, in, uh, Army specifically, including nine years overseas in five countries. Jason earned over 30 service awards and badges in his diversity of Army jobs, assignments, and schools from age 17 to 48. Uh, sets his military memoir up differently than most people. We'll find out what that means. And he has a straightforward account of one man's journey. He inspires audiences nationwide and shows how to be resilient and to persevere, no matter what disadvantages and life struggles may happen. Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Hey, Chris, I'm doing pretty good. I'm very honored to be on your show today. Yeah. We're honored to have you as well, and thank you for your service, sir, as we owe everyone likes to say, uh, because without you, uh, you guys, uh, we wouldn't have democracy. I think no. we can say that. I mean, not you personally, but I, I'm sure you were part of that contribution. But, I mean, if you want to run with that, you can too as well. Oh, uh, no, I just like you said, 31 years and nine years were overseas, and everything was from the bottom, not only in education, but in rank, I started as a private, 17 years old, because I had failed a grade, and uh, I I had to go to a junior college, and everything was from the bottom, and I worked myself up, and I had a lot of problems along the way, which makes this book a pretty good story. There you go, and and you know that's how kind of life goes. It's kind of interesting. Let's get your .dot com out of the way, so that people, or I think it's your .dot org, so that people can yeah. find you on the interwebs and get to know you better. 
Uh, so my book and my memoir, uh, audio, everything uh, in four different versions, uh, whatever you like it, ebook or audio, jasonpike.org, jasonpike.org, or just type Jason Pike in your Amazon account. I'm on Audible. I'm on Kindle, hard book, soft copy, everything. And if you don't even want to read any of that stuff, I'm on iPods and I'm podcasts, just like on this Chris Vasso uh, show. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, jasonpike.org. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, if you're not into reading too, you get the audio book. I love audio books. Yeah. Because I can't read. And no, it's, I'm just it's, it's, it's from my horse's mouth. So I'm the audio and wow. the narrator. I'm the narrator and the author. So, so you didn't do it. Your horse's mouth did. <laughs> I'm sorry. We do the jokes around here. So, so uh, what motivated you want to write this book? What was the core thing that made you go, I need to write about all this crap? They're not well, crap, but you know I, what I mean. Everybody was thinking, you know, how did a dumbass like you do all this? And I'm it sounds thinking, like uh, sounds like my biography. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I went through college and I went through from a private all the way up to lieutenant colonel, which is a senior manager in the military. And everybody was thinking, how did you do this? How how in the world? And I was thinking the same thing. And I thought, wow, this would be a good inspirational story. And uh, I'm from a small town and from Fingerville, South Carolina. And I thought, well, you know, I thought I could give a story out, inspirational story of a small town Southern dude that came up and made it pretty good. Yeah. There you go. So uh, tell us about your upbringing. I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit. I don't know if you want to give us more details, but what, what, I mean, was there anything, was there a military history in your family that maybe drew you to the military or? Yeah. Yeah. My dad served in the military, but where I'm from, everybody likes military, but my dad, he, 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 my, my, my book is dedicated to my father because he was the one who taught me a lot about perseverance and survival and things of that nature. But yeah, they didn't really like the military. My parents did back in that days. That, that military is for people, you know, you're you're white trash. You, you just got to be a piece of crap to go into the military. That's their thoughts. They thought that privately. But it's a way out of a situation. It's a way to get education. It's a way to get your benefits and things. And so um, I was not educationally inclined. I was not. I, I had a learning disability and uh, I failed the first grade English and writing are my worst subjects. Oh, well, by the way, I'm an author. You, you can figure that one out. Here, so. <laughs> hey, you should see my, my pre-edit. <laughs> so, no, no, that's a, no, but really that's kind of where I, I thought that everybody was asking the same type of question. So I figured that's a good, it might be a good story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the story of uh, perseverance uh, you know, all sorts of different issues of life. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody who truly goes through life completely sailing and like the, you no know, rain falls on their parade. Right. And if they are, I hate that person, whoever they are. Uh, so, uh, I, evidently you, uh, were diagnosed with something too. Uh, tell us what that was about. So it was from Emory university out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I failed the first grade. The My first grade uh, teacher said, yeah, you know, this guy's got some, probably some problems here and uh, you need to send him to a reading and writing center. And they went through a lot of tests um, and they said, well, this guy just really doesn't understand his letters, his writing, his reading. And that was a continual struggle. It was considered a learning, a slow learner, a learning disability. Mm -hmm. the, the at, at that time, they didn't know they didn't know how to diagnose, <laughs> diagnose it. But uh, it's I had to struggle with that throughout my career, uh, not only now, now and before and uh, probably always. 
uh, it's just one of those things I had to get around and I developed mm -hmm. creativity on how to get around it. And uh, I show you how I got into trouble and how I got out of trouble through various creative methods. Yeah. There you go. And then you even had a crippling bone disease as well. Osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis. My left, so my left knee dissolved twice when I was nine, ten years old. I was on crutches uh, a, a few times and oh, a lot of times. And um, so sports was not really good. I was not <clears throat> athletically inclined and I was not, of course, <laughs> academically inclined. And uh, so I had to struggle with that. And uh, a good question is uh, if you got into the army with this problem with physical ailments, ailments, well, even academically elements, you could ask a good question. When I was 17, when I signed up, I lied and I told them I had no problems physically, which I did. But uh, this was before the Internet, before they could check out my story. <laughs> so so, uh, so I got into I got in that way just from my, my bone disease. But on an intellectual level, I don't now the question I don't know. I know I screwed up the the SAT scores were an entrance college entrance. I, I, I screwed that one up real bad. So. I don't know how in the world I passed the army entrance test. That's something that's to me, I don't know, but I just got in, but you know, I was not joining the regular army when I got in, it was from the bottom. I was, I went into the national guard and they used to call that the nasty girls, the no goes. And they were the lower than, they were the <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. We, oh. They were the less than best. I mean, oh, wow. we were, we, we were a bunch of yahoos and uh, well, and uh, yeah, we did. And so I got stories on that as well. So, so everything was from the bottom and I kind of worked and slide my way up to the, you know, to the top. <laughs> so. There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, one way or another, you're helping this country. So I, I certainly wouldn't, call it anything less than oh it was you call it the nasty guard well the national guard was considered uh, ng national we called it nasty girls or nasty I mean, girls wow yeah, okay. another term was just no goes a no goes means you're a failure but wow. we were yeah national national guard was it's like a reserve force and uh, mm -hmm. we're we're weekend warriors and, mm -hmm. yeah so we're, we're a bunch of weekend warriors and uh, <laughs> But I, I got out of that and went on to active duty. <laughs> so, yeah. So you went to active service and you went in with which branch? I, I, well, I was in the Army National Guard. So I, I went into the U.S. Army. Uh, there you go. Duty. Yeah. There you go. And armies, uh, you know, my friends, I, I, I actually have a friend uh, who is uh, training right now for uh, to become a ranger. And he's at the gym. This is how I made friends with him. He's at the gym. With his with his uh, ruck pack, is that what they call oh, it? Yeah. Ruck, ruck, yeah. Right, yeah, ruck pack. Yeah. yeah. And I've had my military friends over the years, some that have gone to Iraq. They they love trying. They love like saying to me, "Hey, you you want to see if you can wear the ruck pack?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm like a 40 year old, 50 year old old man now." And they're like, uh, I'll, "I'll hold it for you. I'll just we'll just let you feel the weight a little bit." And I'm like. And, you know, and, and of course they, they keep me from crashing to my knees and probably breaking something under the weight of it, but uh, that's a lot of weight. How were you able to deal with, you know, uh, being in the military all those years with the, you know, the bone issue? So what I did was I worked out in the gym a lot and mm -hmm. I worked on my thighs, I uh, worked on my uh, calf, calf, the muscles that surround the legs. I worked mm -hmm. on that a lot. I was kind of a gym rat uh, mm -hmm. and I worked and I worked and I worked on it. Uh, just like I did with many other things. I just continued to work out and put the muscles. Now, there were periods of time when I did the ruck marching with the heavy weights on your back that if I did that over an extended period of time without working out the muscles, I mean, that I could I could feel clicks and clinks and things of that nature. 
but um, and and there was some pain, uh, mm-hmm. but um, I got around it. I did have some injections that were put, steroid injections that were put well, in there. You go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I worked around it, but I never want to tell anybody about it because I wanted to stay in the military. I figured this was my only option in life, and uh, so I wanted to run with it as best as I could. Yeah. There you go. So uh, it says here on the PR uh, sheet, my story, therefore, is one of survival, perseverance, and refusal to quit no matter what. Uh, and it was gifted to you by your father. Um, what, what was it that drove you through those early years? Because sometimes, you know, when we're younger, things drive us that we don't really fully understand. I mean, sometimes we just, uh, sometimes we're moving from something or towards something or we think that this is going to pay off. And sometimes you, you look back on it afterwards and you go, there, there was kind of something there that was keeping me going. Uh, anything like that? That uh, And what was the reference to your father and, and a yeah. gift from him? That's a good thought. Um, I really didn't understand my father's influence on me until after he died. Mm-hmm. And then I started to start thinking more after he died about everything and how, how, how everything evolved. And started to put pen on the paper uh, to try to put the stories together. But my my, my father, uh, I'm dedicated my 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 uh, book uh, to my father. And the reason I did, de- and he, I have his pictures in my in there. The reason I dedicated to him, I don't want to get choked up, is because he taught me through example of uh, how to survive and how to have fun. And but he said, you know, you can get into, you can have fun, and you can have trouble, and you can have. And you can have fun getting into trouble. I mean, my father was a great father. I mean, he, he, he taught me how to steal watermelons. And he also taught me how to shoot bottle rockets at cars and do <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I like your dad. He was a great father. When he, you're nine years old and he's teaching you the term of trajectory and how to shoot a car, um, that's pretty cool. I, I thought that was myself. <laughs> so, there you go. So, but, but then, I, then he says, you, but you, if, if you get in trouble uh, or if you have problems, you just do one thing. It's two words. Just. It's the old term of never quit. And he was from a very, very poor white trash type of environment. Uh, we're talking about poor. Everybody in the South was poor, but we're talking about poor, like stealing food poor. He came from, you know, uh, kind finding rags and carpets out of the ga- uh, garbage can and, you know, trying to stay warm and healthy just from people's dumps. And so he was that type of poor. And he taught us that if you have to do that, that's okay, but uh, you just got to keep on trying and just never quit. And so he had a lot of influence, and I didn't know the influence he had on me until after he died. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he, he was a he was a good father, who wonderful father. He taught me a lot of good crazy stuff. Yeah, there you go. It's underappreciated in this world how much of a difference a father makes in a child's life. I mean, I to this day, my my father passed what in two thousand fourteen. Uh, the more I live, the longer I want to just go back and apologize to him immensely and thank him immensely because I didn't, I didn't realize the life lessons that he taught me, uh, and, and some of the bullshit he had, he put up with, um, you know, the longer I live, the more I'm like, man, he had some cojones for putting up with some of this stuff that I can't even deal with. Um, but you know, that's, that's, uh, marriage excuse me uh so uh anyway you there are several different stories and and uh, uh we can, that we can tease out there in the book uh there's uh, a story of you what, what is the story of you with a hole filled with animal feces in south oh, korea yeah. Well, yeah. what's that about so in life a lot of times we we have a, we all get down in life and we all have problems in life and there's a 
a term what we call I'm up neck deep in shit, or there's another term where I'm neck deep in shit, or I'm up shit creek. That's a term we use as if we're in a very bad situation. Yeah. So, but per personally with me, uh, uh, I have, uh, I have been neck deep and almost drowned in shit literally. And it, it, it ain't, it ain't a figure. It's a literal term. I mean, yeah. So well, how did this happen? You know, you have to tell us. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I served nine years overseas and mm -hmm. a part of that time, a lot of that time was in South Korea. Mm -hmm. South Korea is a place where we have a lot of uh, troops stationed to defend the region and the South Korea. I was there as, as a young uh, buck lieutenant. Uh, I was probably in my late 20s, and I was going on an exercise. And in the military, we have to show our competency uh, of land navigation, how to get through the woods in the day or the night on a military map with a compass and, and be able to navigate out there in the woods or wherever mm -hmm. you're at. Well, I was out there walking alone at night. It was it was an exercise, and I I was alone. But they had dropped us off around uh, nine or ten o'clock at night to go find our waypoints and find our places on the map to demonstrate our ability to read a map and a compass and things. Well, uh, I was walking along this rice paddy, and I could smell it. There was a shit. That, oh, you know, shit over there. They use that. Um, they use that as yeah, as uh, fertilizer. Shit is considered fertilizer. And uh, I was over there walking on along that rice paddy, and uh, I could smell it. I tried to stay away from it. And what happened was, I slipped and I fell into it. Now, I went neck deep up into it. And what happened at that point was, um, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I've never had a family. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have any children and I don't want to die like this because yeah, but you sound like you're happy though. That's <laughs> <laughs> a marriage. Joke. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to die. I didn't want to die in yeah. shit. Uh, I mean, my last name is Pike and I, you know, I, mean, I don't want it like Pike dies in poop. I mean, that's not yeah. good. At least not literally. Plus, I mean, you think about the headlines, you're like, Oh God. <laughs> The headlines are going to be "Man dies in pile of shit up to his neck." Literally, exactly. I I, I didn't want that at all. I was thinking about that. that. I was thinking about end of life, and I'm going down. My gag reflux was like, <coughs> you know, I'm thinking this smells, and uh, I'm going down in a bad situation. And, That's just Fridays uh, for me around my house. <laughs> well. I didn't know how to get out of it, and mm -hmm. I was alone. And I was at night, and yeah. I was in the poop. And uh, well, <laughs> so, I was like, so what I did was start caterpillaring up on sideways, mm -hmm. a small, a very. It was kind of a quicksand type of material, and so I caterpillared up on the top of it, and then I eventually low crawled out on it. Mm -hmm. Once I got out, I was thinking, "Wow!" I felt relieved. I felt like I had saved my own life uh, from shit. And, uh, and then I, I turned up and looked up at the stars and I looked up and I said, God, why do you put me in this shit? And, uh, so, uh, at that point, uh, I was a mob of shit. Uh, it, was, it stuck all over me. It was inside of everything. And so, uh, yeah. well, yeah. So I started to roll around in the right stubble like a dog to get the bulk of it out of me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get that bulk out of it. And then, um, then I, uh, I started figuring out and I had, and then I started thinking of another problem I was going to have. I didn't, you know, soldiers are soldiers and I don't want to be called uh, 
pooping pike or i don't want all this stuff you, oh, know. you don't want that yeah, yeah oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to have the ragging uh, and I, so i wanted to save my face uh, i was thinking about saving my embarrassment and how yeah. to get away from all the other people who are out there looking you know we're in a we're, this is not this is the military so you know a lot of people might know things so i had to keep it a secret of how to get around that stuff so well i was in south korea now, i don't speak korean just a little bit i saw a light out there it was a farmer's house and so what i did was i started uh, walking toward that light and it was a uh, I, I i didn't know what i didn't know what i was going to do I, I didn't know if i was walking toward heaven or hell i was just going to go to the house and and maybe find help because uh, it's not americans i know that and so uh so i went over there and i knocked on the door and uh, Ajima, the woman of the house, Ajima, we call her, and she looks at me. I looked at her and she, at the front door, and she goes, Agu, Agu, Agu. And I go, Anyahasio, Anyahasio. I don't, and then it, 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 Korean, and it wasn't really necessary to speak Korean or English at this point. I was in a mob of shit. So yeah. uh, we kind of could understand that. Mm -hmm. So uh, she motioned me to uh, strip naked on a, uh, and I, I, I stripped naked and I mm -hmm. gave her my equipment, except I kept my rifle, my map and my compass. Mm -hmm. And uh, I gave her all my clothing and equipment for her to wash up the motion. Yeah. It was a lot of hand motioning, a lot of hand motioning. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, well, strip neck. And then I, she said she was going to find me uh, the next morning and give it to me clean. And uh, so uh, now I had another problem. I had to walk back to camp naked and find my way back. And also avoid the other people that were out there finding their points. I did. I made it back to camp and uh, naked and barefoot naked. And uh, I washed myself up. And she came and delivered my clothes that next morning. You should and, marry that woman. Oh, yeah. No, man. Yeah. You should marry that woman. Any any, any woman who will take a guy <laughs> who's, who's uh, you know, covered in shit and <laughs> wash his clothes and then bring him to him. You That's bring marriage with you right now there, buddy. Pretty get get a number it's for pretty you, Pretty cool. And uh, I got away with two things that night. I got away with uh, surviving. Uh, I didn't mm -hmm. drown in my shit. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, and then number two, I saved my face. I saved my embarrassment. So, uh, But I failed the course. It took me a two more times to get that course done. But... Uh, but no, uh, that's just one of a big example of things that have happened in life to me. A lot of people, things happened in life and, uh, I've, I've, I have a unique way in my book. You'll see, uh, of how to get in stupid stuff like that and how I got out of it. Some of it was my fault. I slipped, I fell down. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that was my fault, but I got out of it. So yeah, there you go. I mean, that's a little, uh, that's a little rundown of, you know, what people do when they, virtually go through shit or fall into shit and then they got to climb their way out of it. You did it for real. So it was, it was real. It props was to real. you. Yeah. That was props to you, man. Uh, so there's lots of different journeys that you go on in the book and great stories you tell about uh, perseverance. Um, at one point, uh, let's see, there was a, you got electrocuted in the doorway of an airplane. <laughs> You're running from a police helicopter after burning trash illegally. And you nearly broke your legs after a faulty jump and oh, uh parachute jump and you got stabbed in rotc and that was just like on friday no i'm just kidding yeah. um so yeah. lots of interesting things and then you even went you even crossed terrace with the u.s military i think and and they had some issues with you tell us a little bit of that on a teaser okay so i was 
under a federal investigation with the uh, criminal investigation division of the uh, army mm -hmm. and military intelligence. Now in my book, I'm going to tell you the reason I want to be so brutally honest with everything is because when, when we go to this chapter, I'm going to tell you some things that I did not do, but I was accused of and, mm. you know, false accusations. Uh, someone says this or someone creates a rumor. You might, you might go to it. You might be in a church or an organization and some might want to stir up some stuff and it's not true. Well, mm -hmm. that's bad, right. Of, of its mm -hmm. own. But what if it's officially put into a hotline and a hotline in the military, we got hotlines for everything. We got hotlines for, you know, you got your suicide hotline, you got your, subversion and espionage against the U.S. government hotline. you got hotlines mm -hmm. for everything. And so people can use these hotlines to just throw stuff out. Wow. And um, so that's what they did. I, I didn't get along with a particular person in South. It was a time in South Korea. Uh, when I was a senior person, I had a whole lot of rank. I was a mm -hmm. lieutenant colonel. I had a whole lot of recognition and awards. But still, even if you're higher in the organization, People can find ways to uh, throw you under the bus or, yeah. or, or, or ghost light you or, or, or make your life miserable through accusations and rumors. And so they uh, I didn't get along with someone professionally on a, on a job. And uh, what they did was they uh, threw into the hotline uh, that Jason, me, I was selling secrets or giving information to foreign nationals about uh the military, the United States military. And uh, they, they threw this into a subversion in the espionage hotline, Saida, against the, and the, the, so I was brought up on the hill of Dragon Hill Lodge, uh, the Dragon Hill where the headquarters was, where I had to meet, well, my commander was in one office, I was in another office. We had two sets of CID, Criminal Investigation Division, one with my commander, one with me, had two sets of MI, military intelligence, one in one office, and we were brief, being briefed. It was an orchestrated product to let's brief the situation that I was going to be facing, the wind that I was going to be facing of allegations of being disloyal to the United States military. Well, this was, of course, all bogus, and it really pissed me off a lot. And um, uh, when and they said they said this is the situation you're facing and they they wanted they said do you want to have a defense attorney uh, because that's your right and I says hell yes I want a defense attorney because all this bull this is all a bunch of goddamn bullshit and it pissed me off I wanted to kick somebody's ass and I mm -hmm. knew who was behind it so at the end of these hotlines they have somebody that have to do their job. So, so they, they, if they get something credible or whatever uh, that they need to follow up with, uh, they have to go and do their job. And I, so they're just doing their job. But I was pissed off at them. They were the messengers. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they're giving me the message. But I knew who was at the bottom of it. I, I, I don't. Uh, it's in my chapter there. And mm -hmm. uh, I was pissed off. And I really think that they thought it was bullshit, but they had to follow up with it. And when yeah. they were walking out, when they were. When that when that, when that CID guy was walking out the uh, walking out the office, he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, Tr "Jason, try not to let this bother you." I said, "Oh, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker! Like, go to hell! Like that's, that shit bothers me." I says, "Yeah." 
It's like, you can check my record. Y'all motherfucker, y'all got all this internet and technology. Why can't you just understand what's going on? Why, why do you have to come and talk to me? Y'all have, y'all can see stuff and I, that I can't because you've got all this technology. And uh, that was, uh, and so for, uh, I went to go see my defense attorney and he says what, he questioned me. He says, what's going to happen in the next whatever, how many years they're going to be following you around and they're going to be trying to get stuff on you. And that's what they did. And, mm -hmm. and so for the next two years, I was followed around. I was monitored. I had boom, boom camera and people follow me around trying to get something on me that never occurred to anything. And the, the biggest wow. problem I have, I says, okay, well, I understand. Well, I've never had this happen to me. I've been trained for war and I've been trained for shoot a weapon, but I ain't been trained to be thrown under a uh, bus. I never had that. And uh, yeah. uh, so I, I, I never knew that existed in the military. And uh, that kind of pissed me off a bit. It gave me a whole lot of anxiety. And um, yeah. At the end of the day, I, what I was also pissed off about is, it, you know, I, once I left Korea, it just sort of went away. No one, no one said they were sorry to me. No one says all oh, this was a bunch of bullshit. And that's no what really, that's what really got me. If someone says, "Hey, you're cool, and this is what happened. We're sorry about it," uh, I would, I would probably understand it more. But that just didn't happen. It just, no, you just, just like, it's like just, it just went away. It just, wow. I didn't, yeah, that's, yeah. And so you tell the story about going through all these crazy adventures, your life and everything else. And, uh, people can read about in the book. Uh, and, and now you travel around and you speak and you, uh, talk to people about the inspiration of, of your life. Is that correct? Yes, I do podcasts and I'm telling about the book and about the podcast of the book, uh, promoting the book and the, and the story of the book of inspiration, survival, and hope. Uh, and no matter what phase of life that you might be in, uh, I, I felt that I've been in a lot of different situations. So yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. There you go. And I mean, this is uh, an inspiring story of uh, serving our government, serving our country, uh, defending uh, us against, uh, you know, what's, what's the old line from the constitution against all, all uh, foreign and domestic, foreign yeah. and domestic. And, yeah. uh, we oh, see oh. domestic <laughs> ones these days. There's, there's uh, the enemy within. <laughs> it's like, there is there enemy go. that is within. I'm probably more scared of my own folks than the, than the Taliban. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lately, I'm scared of anybody who looks like me who's in a large crowd and, uh, has an attitude. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Why, I don't know where we went wrong that way. Um, so it's a, it's a story about hope, perseverance and getting through stuff and actually digging out of your own shit. You might crawl into or fall into. Crawl and do, fall and do. Some people crawl into their own shit and like rolling around <laughs> and they post them out on social media. Um, anything more you want to tease out about your book and story before we go, Jason? Um, no, it's uh, Afghanistan's there, but Afghanistan is not the meat of the story. The meat of the mm -hmm. story really is the ups and downs of a life in uniform, starting mm -hmm. from the bottom, not only in rank, but also education. So I think it's a story of hope and survival and persistence, no matter, you know, whatever. I think I want to get to that person who's a young person who uh, maybe not think that they're much. Uh, my high school guidance counselor told me not to go to college, uh, but I did uh, because I had been through some things that, that they probably couldn't understand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's uh, I think uh, it's an inspirational story, no matter what phase of life you're in. And uh, you'll you'll be entertained. It's on Audible and many other formats. And so. Uh, that's that's basically uh, it in a nutshell. I, I, I served honorably for 31 years mm -hmm. and I got a lot of medals and awards, but I had a lot of a lot of problems along the way.
Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, the, 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 what's the old Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody who goes through life uh, uh, on a perfect sale. Maybe there's, there's maybe there's a person. I think some people that are perceived to live life through a perfect sale through with no issues, uh, has no idea what other people go through and has not walked in their shoes. But, you know, stories of survival, you know, stories are lessons to life and our, our uh, owner's manual for life where we learn, okay, so uh, how does this work and where does it go and how do we do it and how do we make things uh, happen for everything and how do we survive? I mean, really, life is a survival, a game of survival and, uh, doing the best that you can through it or, or trying to come out the other side, having uh, survived it. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's uh, a struggle. But in the end, you can sit back and you've got uh, wonderful stories to tell around a campfire, I suppose. <laughs> yes, no doubt about that. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, Jason, give us your .org where you want people to find you on the interwebs. So I'm on Facebook, Jason Pike on, on Facebook. Uh, I'm on jasonpike.org. I got my own waste website, jasonpike.org. The book and the audible, all you're going to find that is Amazon, Amazon. And so on Amazon, you just put Jason Pike. You're going to see the blue book there. Uh, Jason Pike, the, the, a soldier, a soldier against all, all, uh, all odds, a soldier against all odds. That's where you're going to find it. Uh, you can just put it in your browser, a soldier against all odds. You'll find it there. Yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm very honored to be on your show, Chris. Uh, we're honored to have you, Jason, in the service you provided the country. I mean, that, that was what uh, interests me in the book. Um, you know, I, I it, it, we need to celebrate and take care of our veterans more uh, and do a better job of that. And so I've always been supportive of that. And we have a lot of people on the show that have talked about some of the issues that go on with uh, our veterans and stuff. And so I think it's important to amplify the stories and celebrate them, you know. And, uh, the, and the sacrifices people make uh, for this democracy and what we have. Freedom isn't free, as they say. I'm not sure who says it, but I heard it once. Probably in the Constitution somewhere. Freedom isn't free. Is that in there? No, it's, I don't know. I, I think there's a way of saying <laughs> it that's in there. But, Jason, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, sir. Hey, thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, folks, order up the book wherever fine books are sold. A Soldier Against All Odds. A member uh, – I'm sorry – a Soldier Against All Odds, a memoir by Lieutenant Colonel Jason G. Pike, available wherever fine books are sold. Thanks, for, my audience, for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's